The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you so much for joining us today. Afternoons with Mike, right here on The Shepherd, on the line with me from Man in the Mirror. He is president and CEO of this organization that has uh, been around for many, many years, serving the, the Lord by helping men grow in their relationship. Welcome back, Brett. Thank you. It's great to be with you. You know, the last time you were here was right before the pandemic, and we were discussing this before going on the air. Man, can you believe how long that seems ago? It, uh, the, the pandemic itself stretched forever, it feels, right? It does seem like forever. Oh, my goodness. Well, Man in the Mirror has been around in Central Florida for a long time, and I must say that you guys have done a wonderful job of expanding the boundaries, yeah, the enlarging the, the tent stakes of this ministry over time. I know Pat Morley was uh, the guy who kind of kicked everything off. Tell us a little bit about the history of how you and Pat got to working together. Well, Man in the Mirror started in 1986 as a Bible study in a bar, and Pat was a very successful commercial real estate developer at the time, involved with Campus Crusade on the, on the board with uh, Dr. Bright, and through Dr. Bright and some other folks, they encouraged him to start a Bible study, and he had a buddy that owned the Villanova Bar and Grill in Winter Park, and so they started a Bible study there, and it quickly grew and expanded, and Ended up in the Winter Park Civic Center with about 100 guys. And here here we are 36 years later, and we're still doing that Bible study every Friday morning. Now we meet at the Maitland uh, Civic Center, the venue at the Maitland Civic Center. Right. And, but that's sort of the foundation of the ministry is teaching men the Bible. How can, how can a man know how to read the Bible, interpret it, and apply it in his life? So that he can, you know, find his identity in Christ, and also be a great dad and husband, and, mm. and uh, worker, and community member, and churchman, you know, all, all those things. But we really are at our found, at our number sort of our our base foundation. We want men to know and apply the scriptures. Now, just how long so, ago think, was this that that uh, beginning started there at the bar when you guys were meeting with men? How long ago did that happen? It was 80, 1986. eighty six. Wow. Yeah. A lot of 30, time. six years of faithfulness on Pat's part. Oh, my. Yeah. And yours as well, my friend. I know that you've been yeah. a, a right-hand man to Pat. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, we've seen the culture change radically. I mean, our mm -hmm. country, in some ways, it doesn't look or feel quite like it did back in the mid-'80s. And how <laughs> has that change impacted how and what you do? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it doesn't feel like it felt in the mid-2000s, um, you know, so there's certainly, you know, cultural change is constant. You can't, there's no, there's no, there's nothing unique about cultural change happening around us. We all, we all know that. And obviously, cultural change is accelerated now because of technological impact. And so I would say that for Man in the Mirror, you know, we've, we've moved from the, a lot of, of large group, and I think I think the the 
the men's movement as well as just the church movement has moved from a lot of large group, what I would call one to many, you know, a platform speaker giving a powerful message and people responding, you know, the Billy Graham crusade mm-hmm. to to churches. And then in the in the eighties and nineties you had the birth of the mega church movement where you were really trying to, you know, bring in people who maybe were not um serious about faith or had not grown up in the church or just sort of wandered away and bring them back in. So you became attractional or super sensitive. And that made sense when the, when Christianity had a basically positive reputation in the world and in American culture in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a time, there, there was certainly a time oh, when yeah. when people wanted to be identified as that. They were thought to be even more outstanding and upstanding citizens. That time is seemingly gone right now in our culture. Yeah, there's a great, there's a great article by Aaron Wren who talks about the three phases of evangelicalism and just how, you know, up until 1994, he, that's where he puts the number. Christianity had a positive view in our culture from 94 to 2004. Christianity had a neutral uh, reputation in our culture. And then since 2004, it's had an increasingly negative reputation in our culture. And, and so that, you know, the, the, that feels terrible, right? It feels like uh, um, that, that there's something wrong, but really it's, this is not new. Christianity's, um, you know, in its earliest days, you know, the persecuted church was right. was a reality, and Christianity had a very negative reputation. People hurled all kinds of accusations at Christians, and and um, uh, and you know, it turned out to not be true. And so, I I think we're just in we may just be in another one of those cycles. But it's also a time, you know, the light shines brightest in darkness, right? Mm-hmm. And so. This is a time, I think, for the church to really shine in a dark time, and and I think less time we spend sort of attacking culture. You know, the uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil are are always uh, conspiring against the gospel, and we're not going to convince the world to not do that. We just need to shine a light so that people come out of the world and into the into the body of Christ, and by showing that stark difference. So for Man in the Mirror. You know, we've adjusted um, from, you know, we still have materials and resources that churches use in a large group setting, but we're focusing more and more on life-on-life discipleship, on mentoring, on um, on uh, spiritual fatherhood is, is how we're talking about it now. But really, interge- what we're focusing on right now, intergenerational relationships between men in church and and outside the church. Mm-hmm. We think that's the key to the next revival. You know, when you look back at that, and we're going to be talking about this intergenerational uh, relationship uh, in just a moment, because you've got this most exciting new initiative that actually begins this coming Saturday in the Oviedo area, and we'll be talking about that in a moment. But this whole thing of um, men, uh, do you think that there's been a positive change in the last several years, Brad, as you look at the kind of relationship between generations? I can remember back in the 70s 
when all of the Woodstock uh, coming out of the 60s from Woodstock and the thought about, you know, the establishment, you heard that there was there was this attitude of young people that yeah, don't trust anybody over 30. Yeah, don't trust anybody that's old. And that was 30 years old. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see any of that today or is, is that mellowing? Well, I think, I think in, um, in the sixties it felt, and I was uh, born in the sixties. So I'm, I'm talking as more of a, of an armchair historian than anybody that experienced it. But I think it was more antagonistic then than it is now. But I think now what you see between the generations is actually um, not much better. I think it's more disdainful. Like I, th- I think that each generation sort of looks at the at other generations um, as um, a worthy of mockery and, and ridicule. So mm-hmm. the the boomers and um, like to you know call the millennials names, the millennials like to call the boomers names. Uh, the Gen Z's like, I mean, it's very interesting to me, the guys in their twenties look at guys in their thirties and, um, and have a lot of negative things to say about guys in their thirties. And, um, so I think the, the, I think the pace of what defines a generation has gotten smaller and smaller because of technology. So it used to be a generation of sort of 20 years of people, and now I feel like it's more like, you know, 10 years worth of people. Mm-hmm, a 29-year-old right. and a 20-year-old now are radically different from each other. Um, and, uh, you know, and so I just think you have this mass um, misunderstanding or or lack of charity maybe is even a better way of saying it. And uh, I, frankly, I think it kind of started with the older guys um, you know, making fun of millennials, you know, and calling them, you know, calling them things like snowflakes and mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. That's just not helpful, and um, it it just drives wedges. And so that's why it's so important, I think, for for us as older guys to look at younger guys as an opportunity to come alongside and to and to share the truth of the gospel, but but before you get there almost, or the way that you get there is just by trying to have meaningful conversations and, and trying to develop meaningful relationships that um, help meet men's needs. You know, I think of that old movie uh, and a lot of younger people probably won't even relate to this because Westerns aren't what uh, is on television that much anymore. But I grew up in a time uh, I'm older than you. I was born in the early 50s, and I remember this image of uh, a cowboy saloon uh, where yeah. the, the people are sitting around there, and when they were going to talk, they put their guns on the table. And that was yeah. uh, that was the image that, okay, uh, this is going to become a bit more of a safe zone. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think that technology has kind of kept our guns, if you will, in the holsters. They're not on the table. It's it's like this this technology thing has caused a lot of people to not only be more isolated, but I think distrustful of other generations around them. Would you see it that way? Yeah, I think I think social media in particular has brought a just this level of superficiality to relationships. So you know a lot more people and you can connect with a lot more people. You can have 
you know, hundreds of and hundreds of friends on your Facebook account or followers on your Instagram account or your Twitter account um, or WhatsApp or TikTok or whatever. I mean, there's Snapchat. There's a, a you know a, a new one every year, I guess. But um, but those relationships aren't aren't real. They're very shallow, based on really only letting people see the sort of the best part of your world. Um, although I think there's, I think there's also people that try to show the worst part of the world too, for a different reason. Um, but, but it's just not, it's not full throated. You no, know, it's not, it's not full orbed. It's, it's just sort of um, glancing off the top and letting people see the surface of what you want them to see. And so you, you don't have, so, and there's all kinds of studies out talking about how, how young men, you know, don't have close friends um, and are really lacking in intimate relationships. And especially uh, one example of this is that the the average age of guys getting married has gone up and up and up, you know, so it used to be 24, 25, a guy was married and you know, would have his family started and a career started by the time he was 30. Mm-hmm. But now it's often not until 29 or 30 that he's getting married. He's already tried three different careers at that point and isn't sure what he wants to do. The scared to death of having a kid and can't afford a house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, that's a different world than the world that you and I each grew up in. Um, and, the, you know, just the economic issues and the technology issues. I think it's really both economic and, and technological so, and I think the big switch that you saw was in 08 when the iPhone came out, and the smartphone came out. Mm-hmm, right. And that was really the point at which I think you can trace a lot of societal, cultural changes to that moment when suddenly, um, I mean, two, two things happened. One, there was literally almost no information that was not available to you at your fingertips, literally, mm-hmm. you know, you could Google something and you could, you know, you, you can go into library databases. I mean, it's really, it's really spectacular um, at your fingertips. But the other thing is, is that you just had this, you know, um, this social, the social media, um, this sort of, the, it's like, it's like a drug addiction, it is an addiction, I believe, yes. Yeah, to post something and, and see how many likes you have. It pops all the same chemical reactions in your brain that that um, that, that an opioid would. And, um, you know, so that becomes very um, addicting. And then add on to that then, the, the social media itself um, feeds, you, feeds you things if you if something looks interesting to you even if you don't agree with it and you and you and you look at it you click on it then they feed you more of it that's right and those those algorithms it, you, those algorithms and then what that ends up doing is actually changing the way you think uh, almost almost unintentionally because you're just reading more and more and more material something is and i think honestly it can come down something that just like some clickbait headline looked interesting. Even if you disagreed with it, it looked interesting. And so you read it. And the next thing you know, you're, you're six months down the line and, and 200 articles in of reading stuff. And they, there's no way that can't change the way mm-hmm. you think. Uh, so. I agree. This is a big moon boggle. It is, you'd think on something that 
looked like it was going to be as positive and helpful as what smartphones have uh, have brought to our lives, yet there's this other dark side to them. It's almost made young people feel like they are Spartacus and in control of the world. They've got everyone there. They're well-connected. And the truth is, we're not connected at all. We're much less connected. We're insulated and isolated by our own design and all the time feeling that we're someplace we're not. I think that's one of the biggest dangers of technology. And we see that all the time in restaurants. So you just have to look around and you see families sitting there and every one of their faces is buried in their screen, their individual yeah. screen. That's so sad, isn't it? Right. Oh, yeah. And I and I think it, I would actually, actually say a little bit differently. It's not that they feel like they're conquering the world. I think it's actually making them feel anxious and depressed mm. because their their life, their their social media life is a lie, you know, or it's it's certainly not the whole truth. But but everything they see is all their friends' lives that look fantastic. Yeah, they look like Spartacus. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so and so you're like, well, I have to keep up with the Joneses, so I'm only gonna put the good stuff out. But because all these other people, their lives are great. Well, their lives are no better than theirs are. And then that just, because everybody's lying or just presenting only a part of the truth, that creates barriers between people because nobody wants to be the first to reveal that actually that, that beautiful picture of my family on Easter Sunday, like we were staring at each other in the car on the way to church. Or, mm-hmm. or that, that nice vacation that, that you saw me on. Um, you know, I'm going to be paying for the vacation on my credit card bills for the next three years mm-hmm. or five years or whatever. Um, we don't, we don't want to show the whole truth and, and we don't want to admit struggles and, and, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's really, it's really, really, um, like I said, it's just created superficial relationships. And that's where, honestly, that's what the gospel provides the answer to. The gospel is not about superficial relationships. That's right. You know, the gospel is about, a a personal God who knows the numbers of hairs on your head, or in my case, on my face. Um, and uh, Brett Klemmer, I'm going to interrupt you here because we're up against a break. Yeah. We'll be back with Brett in a moment from Man in the Mirror. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407 407- 965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. 
be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. On the line with me is Brett Klemmer from Man in the Mirror. I mentioned in segment one that Brett, who is here with us as CEO and president of Man in the Mirror, they have a big goal of raising 10,000 spiritual fathers. And that seems like a wonderful goal to reach out to people that are under them, both age-wise and people who do not know the Lord. Tell us a little bit about this vision. Yeah, well, we were sitting around um, lunch one day, a few of us, and, you know, we've we've done things like mentoring projects and trying to get guys into small groups, and that's really what we're about is, is relational discipleship, what we call life-on-life discipleship. And, you know, we were recognizing the the fact that there's so many young men inside and outside the church that don't have others, you know, it's, it's close to half now of all um, uh, people are born into families without a biological father present, um, born out of wedlock. Um, the, the numbers of uh, young men who spent at least a portion of their time in a home without any kind of, a, any kind of a father figures is, is really crazy. The, you know, you look at some of the programs that, that traditionally have provided father figures, like Boy Scouts, those things are on the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, youth sports is way up, but if you've been to a youth sports, any kind of youth sports activity lately, it, it's not really about relationship development or character development. It's about, you know, can I, can I get my kid a scholarship? Yeah. Um, my, you know, my eight-year-old soccer player is going to be a superstar. That's a whole nother conversation. Um and uh, and so you just have all these young men in particular, that's what we're focused on, that have not had significant father figures in their lives, you know, just good moral guys, much less godly men who have shown them what the gospel is. And even even in the church, I think, we've ended up, fortunately, with a church culture tells parents to drop your kids off and we'll take care of their spiritual growth. And but we're, but we're not preparing parents to actually disciple their children. We're we're just letting the church take that responsibility. And so these these young and I'll, again I'll use boys as the example. These boys don't have dads who have taken the responsibility of helping their their sons mature spiritually. And so now those now that's coming home to roost, right? You have guys in their twenties and thirties. They're they're leaving the church. The there's a few. A poll that they do every year that talks about religious affiliation, and the largest growing um, religious group in the country for the last twenty years has been the group called None N O N E No No Religious. Oh my goodness! Mm. In the last twenty years, the number of nuns has grown by twenty four percent. You know, Brad, when we hear. Sorry, when we hear things like that, doesn't that draw uh, some real fingers pointing at some of the failures that the church has had? Because we've not necessarily taught uh, consistently this need for dads to disciple their kids. But many churches, not all, but many churches have uh, done exactly what you said. They've tried to become the almost full replacement, like we'll take your kids, we'll disciple them. And in some ways, that that's been a big disservice, hasn't it? Oh yeah, and not, and I don't think any. Well, I will say this: I don't want to like nobody sat back and thought, "Hey, what could we do to honor my parents?" I mean, they didn't do that. They just they've you know the Sunday school movement is centuries old, 
Um, but the problem is the Sunday school movement initially was a supplement to what happened at home, not a replacement. For That's what right. At home. And now, and it must become a replacement. And you know, and I lots of reasons. There's lots of reasons for that. And I'm not a I'm not a religious sociologist. Just I just read a lot. I just read a lot. But um, but yeah, so I think that's the, you know, the the modern youth movement. You know, I've got a son who's a youth pastor. I'm I'm not trying to discourage youth ministry, but again, we've we've just taken kids away from family structure, which is really, if you look biblically, that's where religious instructions, spiritual instruction is supposed to happen, is in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, train up a child in the way he should go, and drop him off at church for a Sunday school class or for youth group, yep. you know, and, That's, and, um, and so it's just, and, and the reason for that is then, or, or say it a different way. If I'm a dad, and my job is to prepare my kid, my son or daughter spiritually. Well, then I'm going to make sure that I'm, that I know how to do that. That's a primary motivator for, for me as a, as a man to grow spiritually so I can disciple my children. Well, if I don't have to disciple my children, you've just taken away one of my motivators to grow in my faith. And my wife is sort of very spiritual and sort of handles the spiritual heavy lifting in my home and doesn't rely on me to disciple her. Now you've got a double whammy. So what do I do then? Well, I'm just going to focus on my career and on my hobbies and because um, my kids and wife are sort of taken care of spiritually, and it's just a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. You know? It really is. You know, I remember that um, point in my life when I was a youth pastor, and I had a family come in, and one of the kids in my youth group was their son, and he was rebellious. He was not listening. He was causing trouble in just about every area. And uh, so I'm I'm thrilled that the parents want to talk, I was not prepared as a young youth pastor for what they told me. They looked at me, and the father, with with real anger in his eyes, said, you're the youth pastor. You've got to do something. And I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. I, I mean, it's first of all, it scared me silly to think, wait, is that my role? And I had this kid for 90 minutes a week. They had him for the rest right. of the week. And yet that was the opinion that was the feeling that that family, uh, you know, put forth. And obviously that's not true. Uh, I'm not the one that was responsible for that child. The, the parents are. But, uh, you know, churches, I believe, are getting a hold of this. And I am grateful that, that you and this wonderful ministry, Man in the Mirror, is also doing what they can do to reach out and to try to raise up the right kind of spiritual father who's going to look down at people who don't have uh, natural dads at home. They don't have um, a nuclear family that's under them. And so many in our culture, Brett, fit that description, don't they? Right, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little yeah, bit about sense. exactly what's going to happen this coming Saturday with the 2022 yeah. kickoff tour of 10,000 spiritual fathers. When we look talking about all the statistics and and uh, recognizing that really what young men need and and by the way we asked a lot of young men would you like to have a spiritual father and I was amazed honestly because literally nobody we asked said no wow. I mean nobody said no and we said would you would you like to have a spiritual and uh, guys unsaved guys you know young men are looking for well, what we call elderly elders. 
older guys who will who will provide them with wisdom and um, encouragement and account eventually accountability to be the man that they want to be. And so, um, and so we know there's a need. Um, we know that this you know, this rise of of a lack of religious affiliation, the largest actually the largest religious movement in the history of our country has happened, and it's been away from Christianity for the first time ever. And so the, the flip side of this, though, is you have, you have older guys, you know, guys over 45, over 50, and many of them feel like they're not qualified. They've, they've messed up. Maybe they feel like they messed up their own kids or they didn't really do a good job with their own kids or, or maybe they came to Christ later in life. And so they, they just don't feel qualified. And the message that we want to get to those guys is you are absolutely qualified. You're your mistakes and shortcomings, if you will be honest and transparent about those to a younger guy, are some of the best lessons that he can hear, that he can learn is from somebody else's mistakes. And so no no man who loves Jesus is and, and wants to follow Christ is qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, just he just needs to be open about his about his failures and be willing to share that. And then and then be willing to just walk beside a guy, not I tell people, I tell guys, you don't need to be a teacher. You don't need to be, you don't even need to be a coach or a mentor. And the, the thing about teachers, coaches, and mentors is they, they impart information or they impart skills or they impart expertise, but then they send the mentee out. They send the student out or the player out and they don't go with them. Mm-hmm. But a spiritual father is like a mountain guide. You know, and what a mountain guy does is he goes up the mountain with you. He doesn't just point to the summit and hand a map and a book on climbing and say, you know, go get him, Tiger. He actually goes along with you and experiences it with you. And he's he's made mistakes in the past, so he makes sure that you don't make those mistakes. And he celebrates victories with you and and grieves the the failures with you. And that's what a spiritual father does. He goes along with a guy on his on his walk and. We think that the the son, the spiritual son, the mentee, will benefit from having a spiritual father. But I think equally, if not more, the spiritual father benefits yes. um, from learning and watching this younger guy and knowing that he's part of this of this guy's, you know, handling that difficult situation with his wife or with his child or handling that job transition when he lost his job or handling that mistake that he made financially and now he's got to recover from and he's got a guy to walk beside him and there is such tremendous gratification that comes from helping a guy walk through issues like that there's no doubt about it it's one of the most fulfilling things in the world to see someone that you're working with someone for whom you're praying and then they receive the lord they change their life begins to look more like what the Lord wants their life to look like, that is incredibly encouraging to a mentor, to a spiritual father. Now, this plan, how are you looking at employing this plan to raise up 10,000 spiritual fathers? Well, we're, we're in prototype phase. And so the, we've been testing materials and, and, and uh, writing a book all, all, uh, all year so far. And then the first phase of the of the rollout will be we're calling it the 2022 kickoff tour for 10,000 spiritual fathers. We'll be doing orientations. We're calling it an orientation day in um, seven cities starting 
this Saturday in, in Orlando, but we'll be across the country, Phoenix, Indianapolis, Houston, Dayton, San Diego, and then wrapping up in Naples, Florida. And our goal is our goal is 500 men. I don't know if we'll get all the way to 500, but I think we'll come pretty close or, or exceed that if the Lord wills. And we want to, what, what our goal is not to do a one, this is not a one day training on being a spiritual father. It's an orientation to the need you know, for spiritual fathers, what a spiritual father is, and sort of an encouragement of these are the soft skills that a guy needs to have. And then really an invitation to become a spiritual father, and we're going to give them a process for that. Mm. That is awesome. And this week it kicks off right in Orlando. And uh, give us the details on that one. Yeah, we'll be at St. Luke's Church in Orlando, which is in which is in Oviedo, St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo. Uh, the training goes from nine to five. It's it's uh, there's no cost to the training, um, and I, uh, lunch is included, and uh, uh, the new guide to spiritual fathers is included, and um, give you an opportunity to meet other guys that are interested in becoming spiritual fathers. Meet some of the Man in the Mirror folks that are going to be uh, running and supporting this initiative going forward, um, wow. and just you know, just learn and and um, and think about what that might look like for you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be at St. Luke's again, St. Luke's Church in Oviedo, nine a.m. to five p.m. this coming Saturday. And boy, that's right. really nice for the men taking part. Their lunch is provided, all at no cost. Right, exactly. I tell people it's not free. It's just that somebody else is paying for it. So, That's right. Um, There's but, no uh, such well, thing as a free lunch, guys, friends. Um, right, and uh, and here's the here's the actual cost. The cost is you, this is a prototype. So we're gonna ask, you know we want feedback from the guys that participate. You know, so we're gonna be regularly asking, you know, what's working, what's not working. How could we support you better than we did? What what did we tell you that turned out not to be that helpful? We really we really want to have the feedback because um, the the spiritual fathers that that start now will will teach us so that the next spring when we roll out the sort of the the, the hard, well this is a soft rollout a hard rollout of 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 ten thousand spiritual fathers across the country um, so that we'll have refined it based on the input that we receive in this first group of guys going mm, through. That's awesome. And again, you're looking for Christian men who are aged 40 and older for this. So it's not, uh, it's not necessarily uh, the demographic of the, of the 20s or the 30s that you're looking for. You're wanting some true elders involved in this, uh, this, this part of the ministry, right? Absolutely. And I would say a guy that says, well, I'm not really an elder. I've, you know, I've been a Christian for a little while, but I've, I've made more mistakes than, than good decisions. Um, I would say to that guy, you're the perfect. You're the perfect guy. If you've learned from those mistakes, and um, you know, and you want to have a young guy avoid the mistakes that you made, you want to have a guy you can walk beside through life. This is the perfect way to do that. And and I talk to I talk to older guys all the time, Mike, and I say, hey, do you do you believe in? Do you think you should be discipling somebody? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, why aren't you? And they said, well, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. We can we can help you with that. We'll we'll tell you what to do. We'll we'll give a guy everything he needs in order to have a you know a, a regular meeting with a with a younger guy. We we ask them to 
commit to at least once a month for a year. More often is great, but at least once a month for a year and then regular communication in between meetings. And we'll provide the resources that they'll need, the tracks to run on, conversations to have. And and we really don't we're really oriented towards as towards younger guys at any point in their spiritual journey. So if you've got a a nephew who's never even been to church before and doesn't really think a lot about Christianity, but he would love to have his uncle spend time with him regularly, we'll give you materials that will work for him that aren't gonna be like you're not gonna be sitting down with a with a three week study of revelation. You know, that's that's not that's not what we're gonna tell you to do with them. Right. We're gonna, we're going to tell you how, how to have conversations about the areas of his life that he's struggling with. And, you know, the gospel, the gospel will come to those conversations over time as the Holy Spirit leads. But you can just t- start talking to a guy about stress at work or trouble at home or, or his health or, or whatever, you know, fitness, whatever he needs to focus on at first and really develop a relationship. And we're, we're going to teach guys how to do that. That's awesome. I've got Brett Klemmer with me from Man in the Mirror. We're up against a break. We'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com Always enjoy talking to this man, Brett Klimmer from Man in the Mirror. Give us the website for this big initiative called 10,000 Spiritual Fathers. Well, guys can uh, go and learn more and register at maninthemirror.org slash s f orientation sf orientation and man in the mirror just like the michael jackson song uh, only not <laughs> only not <laughs> but uh only not yeah so man in the mirror.org slash sf orientation yeah and that's sf as in spiritual fathers so exactly. uh, this orientation is going to be such a helpful thing if you missed the announcement and let me give it to you real quick the orlando meeting which is the kickoff meeting for the kickoff tour is this coming saturday september the 10th at saint luke's church in oviedo from 9 a.m to 5 p.m and lunch is included all of it at no cost to any of the participants. But you do need to register, and you can register at that location that you just gave us. Give us that website one more time. org slash orientation. All right, this is awesome. Now, one of the things that I'd love to talk about uh, in, in this segment with you, and that's to go back into this whole thing of gaining a heart. I think about the... The verse in Malachi that talks about the heart of the children being returned to the father and and vice versa. You know, Mm -hmm. this having a heart for younger people, we've already discussed 
the presence of maybe even some antagonism, some ill thoughts, expressions against generations that are younger from the boomers to the millennials and vice versa. Uh, It's happened, like you said, from the beginning of time. This is not just a new invention, friends. This has been around forever. But there needs to be a heart like what is talked about there in that verse in Malachi where fathers start getting a heart for their own kids and men for younger people that they can actually become a mentor and a disciple. And we got to go all the way back to when Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. He, we're called to disciple, to make disciples. But that seems to be something that is in short supply in a lot of places. And that's really what you're aiming for, isn't it? That's right. I mean, I think if, if you look at, um, you know, if you look at, I, I, I feel like this is a Titus two kind of ministry. You know, Paul was giving Titus his instructions um, as he's serving on the island of Crete. You know, he talks about older men being sober-minded and dignified and self-controlled and sound of faith, love, and steadfastness, and and to and and then to encouraging them to then reach the younger men, encourages the, the women to reach the younger women and the older men to reach the younger men. And I think if you if you look at uh, if you look at any great man today, I think that you will find that he had mentors. You know, he had no doubt um, older guys that he looked up to. And you know, certainly in the spiritual world, you know, we need we need the uh, we need the older men, no matter what their no matter what their past is, no matter what their past sin is, the failures that they've had. We need them to step up and be sober minded. And, and steadfast and and ready to train up the younger guys. We do. We need that so bad. And I, I know that most pastors right now would love to see an enthusiasm develop in their own people. And I'm just praying that you guys become a spark that will be then picked up and others will look at this and say, hey, we got to get busy with this. We got to get going because there is a generation coming up under us that is not like you you mentioned it already in segment one what's happening in the social media world what's happening in colleges across the country right now they're hearing a message that is far removed from the message of man in the mirror and the message of the bible it's far removed isn't it it is i think the and i think the primary message that people are hearing today is that whatever's inside of you what what whatever you think or feel or believe that that's that's the ultimate truth, and that anything outside of you that disagrees with that is bad mm-hmm. for you. You know that's just uh, anybody anybody that reflects honestly who they are and what their desires are sometimes, and their especially their negative ones or their sinful ones, they would recognize that that's just a lie. I mean, the that without without something from the outside defining truth for us, we tend to become completely self-serving and selfish and, and we hurt other people. But mm-hmm. when we can, we can look outside of ourselves for our identity. And obviously as Christians, we think we, you know, we know that we find that identity in Christ. Um, then that gives us a set of objective um, truths to live by. And the great thing about the objective truth of the gospel is that it leads us to the best life we could possibly have, both now, living vibrantly now, 
but also obviously um, in its unity in his presence. You know, you mentioned earlier this whole thing about most of us, and I think you're right. Most of us would feel the the need, the call to disciple others, but so many don't know how to begin that process. So this Saturday is is a beginning, but but even if they can't make it on this Saturday, uh, they can get involved with your Bible study. And I know so many men feel alone. They feel lonely. They don't know what to do. How can they get involved with Man in the Mirror in general? Yeah, man, we've, we've got a for, for guys that live in the Central Florida area, we've got a wonderful Bible study that meets Friday mornings at 7 o'clock in Maitland at the venue. And um, we, we uh, spend about 30 minutes going through a scripture passage together as a large group, and, and then uh, another 30 minutes in smaller group uh, table discussion. We got about 90 to 100 guys there each week and get in tables of six to eight guys and just have a wonderful time. There's guys that have been in that group for for decades, for two or three decades, and then there's new guys coming every week. And so uh, at all ages, got guys um, from their 20s all the way to their 80s. And um, so it's a great diverse group of men that, and our goal is it's a grace-based application-oriented Bible study. So mm-hmm. we believe in grace, um, in um, God's grace uh, that covers our sins. We believe in, in uh, applying the Bible to our lives. Um, and we want to study his word because that's the source of our truth. I love this. And when I was with you, you had a great speaker that morning. And why don't you talk about that 30 minute time frame that you mentioned where there is a message of encouragement? Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, we, we, are, we, we teach in series. So right now we're in a series on the 12 disciples, and um, we're about two thirds of the way through that series. Pat Morley is the founder of Man in the Mirror, the author of the book, The Man in the Mirror. And um, he teaches about um, about two weeks a month. I teach another week or two a month, and then we fill in the gaps with some great uh, guys. We've got a young guy in our office, Jeremy uh, Shirky, who teaches, and we bring in, sometimes we'll bring in a, a, a pastor once a quarter. And then um, the, the week before Thanksgiving, we have what's called our Thanksgiving prayer breakfast. And we've got Dwight Bain speaking for us. Many people will know him. He's a yep. counselor uh, out of Winter Park and a great consultant and and advisor to me and businessman. And so Dwight will be there. And the, the Thanksgiving prayer breakfast is uh, Friday, um, November 18th at the at the Maitland Civic Center, at the, at the venue at the Maitland Civic Center. And it actually starts at 6.30 with breakfast. And then Dwight comes up at seven and he'll speak for about 45 minutes and then we'll have oh, a Q and A again. Dwight was on so my program. He, for guys to plug in. Yeah, really. And, and Dwight is a very interesting speaker, very relatable. Obviously that's what he does all the time is he talks to people and helps them in his counseling practice. And, you know, it's really crazy, isn't it, Brett, to think about that we're talking about November as not that far away. It's crazy how fast this year is that's passing right. by. That's right. Yeah, just two, just a little over two months away, and, and yeah. we'll be there. So unbelievable. Well, this is going to be a wonderful thing. I, I just really excited. I, I wish that I were free that day. Unfortunately, I've got the day already planned. But I want to. I want to hear all about it once it happens and to see the material. 
And uh, I just encourage you guys out there, if you're free and you're in the Central Florida area, even if you're in Ocala or Gainesville and you want to come down, all you have to do is go to this website. Give us that website one more time, Man in the Mirror. Yes, sure. Maninthemirror.org slash SF Orientation. SF Orientation. Yes, SF Orientation, Spiritual Father Orientation. And I will tell guys, if if Saturday, if you're realizing I I would love to do this, but Saturday doesn't work for me, we will be having another another training. And so the best way to get on our list is just to go go to our website, themirror.org, and click into the article section, and you can sign up for our emails. Um, We only send out one a week. Um, um, And then... If you for the emails, you'll get our article every week, but you'll also see any announcements we have about new um, new opportunities to get involved as a spiritual father. Man, this is really exciting, and I'm going to be praying that this uh, event will just uh, catch on fire, not only in Orlando, but you mentioned you're going to be in Phoenix, Indianapolis, Houston, Dayton, San Diego, and then back in Florida in Naples. And those are some key cities, some key areas. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord uses this to catch fire and you actually hit that goal of 10,000 spiritual fathers fathers across the country reaching out and discipling men? It's going to make a difference, Brett. Amen. Amen. Tell me what's going on with you personally. How are you doing? Oh, well, I'm I'm great. I've, I've been... I love my job. I've been at Man in the Mirror now for tw- almost 22 years, working alongside Pat and some a, an amazing team of people here. And and uh, love my. I go to a church in Sanford uh, that we really enjoy going to Grace Fellowship, and and we're super involved there with a, just a wonderful community of people. Had a had a bunch of folks over uh, for uh, for the Labor Day weekend, and did the did the classic cookout with with uh, groups from our group of folks from our church and and uh, so yeah so i'm and um my, i'm an empty nester and so two kids in their 20s and my wife and i are just enjoying a a um wonderful time in our marriage growing closer to each other and closer to christ and that so does good, not have to end <laughs> my wife and yeah. i just celebrated 46 years on saturday on sunday rather wow. on the fourth that's amazing yeah, 46 years, and uh, I'm just telling you, man, that uh, that is a good investment you're making right there in your family yeah. and with your church family. Uh, these relationships are made even sweeter when there's the kind of discipleship going on in all these men that you're a part of, even in your local church, in any local church. Guys, I want to just put out a challenge start discipling somebody, get involved in another person. I think of that verse, Brett, that says, freely we have received, freely give. That's what we need to be doing, right? Amen. Yeah. Brett Clemmer from Man in the Mirror, that web address one more time for people if they've missed it, Brett. Yeah, come on, come on and join us on this Saturday, but it's org slash SF orientation, or if you can't make it, just Click into our articles section and sign up for the email there. We'll make sure that you know when the next one's going to be. But we'd love to see a, a, a revival start in Orlando and and to see it start with mature Christian men 
um, taking younger men under their wing and walking beside them as they come to understand their identity in Christ. Oh, it's a beautiful thing, and we'll be praying that that exactly happens just like that. Brett Clemmer, thank you for being with me today. And friends, thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 